Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back into the Moment of Cluth podcast. I'm your host, Megan Cluth, and this week's episode is a Believe Podcast Network crossover episode featuring former NFL safety and Super Bowl champion turned wine connoisseur Will Blackman. Will hosts the show The Wine MVP here on the Believe Podcast Network, and in this episode, he talks about the pivotal point in his life when he realized he could go pro doing what he loved in both football and the wine business. After nine surgeries in 12 years, Will bet on himself. And speaking of bets, a word from our sponsor, Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. Virtual cheers. Which one are you drinking first? Always go white. It's to red. Always in a tasting. It's to red. Yeah. Good to know. Boom. Cheers. Indeed. For people listening to this podcast, we are drinking the same wine. Will FaceTimed me at Ralph's and showed me exactly which wines to pick up before this podcast. So you know it's going to be good because there's alcohol involved. <laughs> she, she, she had the, the wine professional there and myself who's a wine professional, help her out. So, yeah, you know, I feel like that should be a feature of your service. Can we FaceTime you from grocery stores before events? You know what? That's a, you know what? I'm not going to say yes or no, because if I say yes, then you're going to probably want. We're on. Yeah. Now you're stuck. <laughs> I'm going to be calling you from the grocery store every time I go now. Like I need to impress these people. What's no, I literally, I'm literally texting coaches right now. They're like, Hey, you know, I need help with this. I'm trying to get into this. I'm trying to learn this. What do you got? All good. I love it. Uh, so does your entire family come to you now for all things wine related? Not really. My family, they aren't huge wine drinkers, really. Um, they enjoy it, but not huge wine drinkers. My brother is a, is a massive whiskey, bourbon, spirits guy. My father likes all the above. Yeah. And my, my wife, she likes wine only when I'm pouring it. She's not a big, big wino like me, but she enjoys the trips. That's cool. So let's backtrack a little bit. So you were in the NFL, had a great career, and then you decided to jump into the wine business. And I'm noticing a, a trend with a lot of athletes getting involved with wine, whether they do it when they retire or they start, or uh, they have a vineyard while they're still playing. Can we talk about that? Yeah, no, it's, um, it's actually very ironic you mentioned that because I just did a cool uh, live virtual panel I'm, I'm now i'm moderating panels. i used to be the guest but now i'm moderating panels uh with charles woodson drew bledsoe and rick meyer you know they i mean with all of us combined 56 years of nfl experience and those three guys are definitely pioneers of athletes getting into wine uh i know charles started making wine in 2005 drew bledsoe around the, he's been doing it for a while too and rick meyer so it was interesting. I want, I specifically picked them two, and it was actually partnered with Coravin, the new wine device. I have one around here somewhere, um, but did it with them. And because they're, 
you know, when you see an athlete get into another space, like, like wine, that's totally foreign to what they did before. A lot of people are curious, like, okay, is this like a legit venture or are they, you know, or are they just slapping their name on it and then trying to go off and, and just do whatever. But these guys are actually, you know, from it being from vine all the way to the bottle, they're all the way in it, you know, and I know Drew Bledsoe, he actually, I think he lives on the vineyard. And so it's been cool. So yeah, even people like Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing some great things. Um, CJ McCollum, Channing Fry, like this is a bunch of guys. Terrell Owens just came out with a wine too. You know, I think the Lasorda family made his wine. So yeah, there's, there's a lot. And, and I, I think too, now the difference is, is people are being just more authentic in what they're doing versus just partnering to put their name on stuff. Who inspired you to get into wine at a higher level? Uh, it was definitely Charles, Charles Woodson. Um, I mentioned him all the time in my stories because the same, I was drafted in 2006. Mm-hmm. So the lovely Green Bay Packers, your favorite team. Um, <laughs> my dad would be proud. <laughs> and he was actually signed that same year. And, you know, he was such a, a gracious veteran because people always ask, oh, you know, did you have to pay one of those outrageous bills at the restaurants or, you know, did they, did you have any rookie hazing? And for me, that was never the case because Charles was so damn nice. So uh, every road trip, he would take us out to like the coolest, you know, restaurants, you know, back then Chicago was Gibson's and yes. you know, Minnesota was seven uh, downtown. And he would just take us to the nice places and, and he would order wine. And, and I thought it was cool because one, I like wine so much that I was afraid to talk about it when I got drafted because I'm like, okay, this is this is football, you know. Maybe they're gonna look at me crazy. But when I saw Charles drinking wine, I was like, they're not gonna say a damn thing to him. So I'm gonna drink my wine too, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh yeah, he would always order his wine. And then the cool thing about it is not only did he enjoy wine, but I found out he was in the wine business during all this stuff. And that's what really uh intrigued me was like, damn, not only is it somebody I admire who's in the wine business, not only is he an athlete, but, you know, I thought it was huge that he was, you know, African-American just simply because, you know, I felt like the wine space was somewhere that was untouchable, you know? So. Yeah. There's a bit of snobbery around the wine world. I feel like it, like in Napa and how expensive it's gotten even to travel there. I used to go to Sonoma with my mom um, for years. Cause she worked in Sonoma for like over a decade. And that used to be like the poor man's Napa. It was like a little more country than Napa. And now right. it's, it's still so expensive. So I feel like you're making wine more relatable um, to young guys. Have you always liked wine? Did you drink wine in college? Yeah, I enjoyed it in college at your favorite school, BC. <laughs> <I know. laughs> we are just on opposing sides in this entire podcast. I know, right. Um, Same taste in wine though. <laughs> Yes, uh, I, I enjoyed it in college, but I, I like everything. I like, I love, I love beer. Like I love, love beer. And uh, recently the past, maybe actually when I was in Jacksonville in 2013, I started getting into spirits and whiskey, um, maybe because we were losing a lot that year, that year. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I got to enjoy and learn about that too. So yeah, I enjoy all beverages and the stories is just, you know, wine was the catalyst for all of this. Um. Would you say that there's a bit of like type A-ness when it comes from being an athlete to being, to crossing over into the wine business? You know what? Well, 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 first of all, just, just going into the wine business was, um, I was very fortunate that I found something that I was really passionate and wanted to do because just as a pro athlete, the, 
there's like two transitions that are super difficult, right? There's the transition into your profession because, you know, you're not, most don't have like the greatest financial literacy. You have to, you know, you have to buy a house, you have to buy a car, you have all these bills, but you still have to go play ball. So you have to grow up immediately, you know? And that's a huge adjustment. But eventually, you know, you do get adjusted. And the other tough transition is when you leave your profession, because it's like, like, what the hell, what the hell am I going to do now? You know, like, do I, sure, I could have went and coached, but was, was that going to like fulfill me? Was that what I really wanted to do? And, and, and probably, probably not, you know, I did have interest in the front office, but for some reason, like wine was it, you know, I, I love, I just love the history the stories, the, the, the connection, the people I get to meet, the, you know, just, like I said, I did a I did a thing with Drew Bledsoe, Rick Meyer, and and Charles Woodson. Like that's that's super cool. Isaiah Thomas reached out. He has a champagne. Like all that stuff is cool. Chicago boy, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's been cool. That's 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 been the whole thing for me. So in terms of the the, the type A, uh, not so much, man. It's just I feel like what passion. It's I measure passion by like are you are you willing to go through the challenging days. You know, are you willing to still stick it through it and go through it? And if I find something that I like to do, and if once it gets challenging, if I'm like, oh, if I don't love this damn thing, like I'm not going to deal with it, you know? Um, but with this, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in just working super hard. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm an ultimate team player. So I love working with other wineries and, and see ways I can help them. That's how I played. Yeah. I mean, you had nine surgeries, right? And 12 years of playing. Love so. nine surgeries. I have a football for each surgery behind me. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to commemorate all of it, but yeah. you really did what it took to stay in the game. And so um, you, you speak to the passion behind the winemaking business and the, and the passion behind football. Did you see a lot of guys who, um, you know, played, didn't love the sport? Yeah. You know, I feel like like any job, you can be really good at your job and not love it. You mm-hmm. know, um, I seen I seen guys do it, and and to each his own. Football for me was different. That was the that was the only thing I ever wanted to do, which is why I had nine surgeries and I still bounce back from each one. You know, if if someone's like, "Hey, what's the one word?" You know that describes you, whatever. And I'm like, just resilient. You know, I was. I knew anytime I get in a tough situation, I always tell myself like someone else has been in my situation and has pulled through, you know, that's the biggest thing for me. I'm not the first one ever. You can go back to the Bible. Somebody, somebody broke something, <laughs> you know, somebody broke something and ain't got through it. So I always use that as like a big motivation for me to, 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 to want to do that. I know a lot of people where, or players rather, they deal with a bu- bunch of injuries and it's like, you know, this ain't even worth it. Cause I don't even love it like that. So they peace yeah. out, you know, when you were coming to the end of your playing career, um, did you already know that you wanted to go into the wine business? Cause you did, you did television for a couple of years in between there. I was mm-hmm. stalking your LinkedIn just to see how many years of TV you did before. And it's not out of the question for you. You're still doing it. But um, was there a part of you that was sad that football was ending because you loved it so much or were you ready? Oh, always sad. I just was with my, one of my buddies today. He was like, do you miss it? I was like, I will always miss it. You know, it's, it's the, it's the one thing on earth that I wanted to do. I just want to, I want to play foot, pro football. I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know the path, but once I got there, I didn't want to leave. And the only reason I, I stopped one is just, you know, it, be, it wasn't fun anymore. It was, I just started dealing with a lot of nonsense and politics and all that. So I just, 
I was kind of over it, you know. Um, I, I didn't think it was worth it to me, for me to keep chasing it around and moving all over the place away from my family. Like it didn't make any sense, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's that was the thing for me. And so, in terms of towards the end, yeah, you do start looking at stuff like, okay, let's set it on some roots, you know, here in Cali, you know, which is where my wife's family is from, and you know, what do you want to do next? Also, you know, I'm near LA, so that's where all the television stations are. Mm-hmm. I know I wanted, I knew I wanted to do that because I did do some guest appearances while I was playing and got a lot, bunch of referrals from guys uh, in the industry. And so, yeah, I, I knew, I knew that was in the case. I didn't know where I wanted to go with wine. I, I initially wanted to make my own wine label and, you know, doing all my research and studies, I realized that I have such a unique network of people who always hit me up for wine and who want suggestions. So I was like, Psh, why don't I just be the middleman, you know, for all that? Yeah. Okay. So tell me about transitioning into the wine MVP. It's a subscription-based service. And I was looking at it. It's like, it's about $80 a month, right? $79.98 for two curated bottles. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more. I'm interested. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, okay. we said like anything that could go wrong today has, and now I'm ready for wine. My light just went out. So I think that's the signal that it's time to start drinking. <laughs> no, all good. Um, so yeah, the, the wine MP, the clubs. So what first started was I was doing wine cellars. You know, it was the first thing I started doing. And um, I found a source for wine and I just started calling friends. You know, when you start a new business, like they always say, just call the people close to you. So I remember I called Matt Ryan. I let him know what I was doing. And uh, he had a wine cellar and, and I started working at his cellar. And then I spoke to Reggie Bush because he just built a brand new cellar. So I did his entire wine cellar and then Justin Tuck, just people all over, players all over the place. And I was thinking like, well, I know a lot of people like fans and stuff want to be a part of it somehow and they're not going to spend that kind of money on wine. So right. what can I do to include them where, it, you know, it's, it's not cheap, like, but it's, it's educational and you're, you're still getting quality. And so that's when I came up with the wine club to do that. And I picked, you know, I picked two bottles from known areas, known regions, known uh, wineries, uh, just to give them, a, you know, a bit of history, because I'm really big on the background of certain wines. And also, you, you're learning from me, all the tasting notes are from me. You know, I did have some videos where I did the reviews for all that stuff. And so that that was the reason why I came up with the wine club. Um, right now, we're in the process of going through a massive brand change, change and a huge launch right before football season, because I'm trying to, I'm going to create probably more experiences for people. Cool. And so, yeah, I'm excited for all that. Yay. How are you going to tie that into football? Because I feel like the football fan is the guy you see drinking beer and eating wings, you know? Um, how are you going to tie in wine to football lovers? Well, I learned that a lot of beer drinkers like bubbles. So champagne sparkle. Yeah, works. there you go. Mimosa. Yeah, so I have, um, let me see if I have it here. So what's cool is, so my logo um, has a football on it. But what we try to do to keep the sports theme is that in each subscription box, the wine tasting notes are trading cards. I love that. Yeah. So that's like, you know, the action photo. And then on the back are all the stats written by me. You know, so this right here is a Chardonnay from France. Um, and it goes well with like, you know, crab cakes and salmon and stuff like that. So you'll Ooh. see you'll see like a tailgate pairing 
at the bottom right there that goes well with the wine. So, yeah. I love that. You know, actually I had, um, I did a wine tasting tour in Sonoma uh -huh. and they, they paired wines with like everyday foods, like hot dogs and chili. Yeah. And it was amazing. Cause I think you, I feel like people think like, Oh, a nice glass of white wine has to go with like a very expensive fish, but you can pair wines with like everyday yeah, it's, food. It's all about the flavor profile. I remember I did a, uh, I did a wine tasting with this corporate company and they wanted to incorporate some kind of food with it, you know? And I was like, all right. I was like, guys, go get, um, say, go get a bag of, go get a bag of Cheetos and beef jerky. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. Go get a bag of Cheetos and beef jerky. And I remember they called my, uh, my supplier and they were like, Hey, Will told us to get a bag of Cheetos and beef jerky. Is he being serious? <laughs> they're, like, they're like, nah, he's being dead serious. And what so, wine would you pair with <laughs> Cheetos asking for a friend? Oh, it was a cab. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh, I would never yeah. think. What about hot yeah. Cheetos? Hot Cheetos, uh, you want to go something that's like low in alcohol. So maybe like a, um, like a, you know, sweeter Riesling or something like that. Because the issue is if you have something spicy and you have something high in alcohol, it's just going to make the food even more spicy. So you want to kind of get like oh. a lower alcohol to balance it out. So yeah, you can find on the bottle, like, you know, the Kim Crawford we have here, mm -hmm. um, it says right at the bottom of this 12.5 alcohol. So maybe, maybe even lower than that, maybe 10 is good enough. So, okay. So you were kind enough to FaceTime me from the grocery store and we picked out two wines. Teach me something about these wines. Okay. So we got, we're going to start with the white wine. We got Kim Crawford here, the Sauvignon Block, New Look Zealand. How big my glasses. It's a massive glass. That's good though, because you'll get more aroma. So Sauvignon Block, uh, New Zealand, they're known for like Sauvignon Blanc. Also, New Zealand is known for screw caps. Mm. So just know screw cap doesn't mean the wine's cheap. It's a personal preference because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's a screw cap. It's probably cheap. No, that's just a preference. Actually, the wine lasts longer. And yeah, that's like the birthplace for it. So Kim Crawford, obviously, master producers a ton all over the place. But when I do my wine tastings with people, I like to teach them kind of how to like, how to blind taste really, uh -huh. because people are like, man, how do they do that? Is it such a gift that they can just smell and know what it is? I'm like, no, actually it's tough, you know? Oh, I might, I feel like my, I forgot my hat was on backwards. I'm over here talking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beauty it's of actually, the podcast is that no one can see your hat, but it's it all good. Right yeah. Now. So so it's taught. So for example, obviously, you know, don't, don't spill it on your computer, but the point of swirling the wine is to get the aromas up. Right. Mm -hmm. So give me, give me like two characteristics just based off the nose. Okay. What do you get? And okay. don't feel, don't feel, just say anything. Don't even Fix drink the bit. wine yet. No, Fix I said it. smell it. <laughs> okay, just <laughs> smell it. All right. Look at me over here. I'm like, is it time to drink? Um, fruity. Okay, give me a fruit. Grapes. Just kidding. Wow. <laughs> you know, so funny in my Zooms, there's always one. Always one. Um, let me think. Because citrus. if I, citrus, okay. Mm -hmm. Give me a citrus. Apple. Okay. Is that citrus? Is it? No, citrus is like oranges. Now I sound like an idiot. <laughs> you were in traffic. I'll give you that. Yeah. LA traffic is back, people. Um, so you probably get like green apple. 
Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. I need one more. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I need to like break up the silence because it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what editing is for, but oh, no, how, the, how the editing will go on this one. I don't know. What do you get? Tell okay. me. Okay, so I'm going to give what you- What am I looking for? The, I'm going to give you one of, the, the, one of the main things in Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. So if you get two wines and, and they're both white and one's probably a Chard, one's a Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. So if you smell it, especially in New, Ze- especially New Zealand, bell pepper is like- Bell pepper. Is massive. In this one. So what would you pair this specific wine with? So Sauvignon Blanc, since it's since it's really veggie like bell peppers, it goes well with like pretty much any salad, mm-hmm. you know, anything. And it's high. So let's go to the palate. I'll explain that. Yes. So now explain you can drink and drink. Yeah. Now you drink. <laughs> yes, please explain the palate. Hmm. I really taste the bell pepper. Oh, I'm supposed to swirl it around. I need to swish it around, yeah. Hmm. So how you can tell the acidity is like swish it around and kind of like hold your mouth open a little bit. And if you feel like it watery, that's the acidity. Yeah, definitely watery. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, this wine has like great acidity. I was like, well, how the hell do you find acidity? And they were like, when your mouth starts to water. So I always think of like when I'm going to get like a Sour Patch Kid, I, before I open the bag, my mouth is like gushing with water. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any... You want to match acidity with any high acidic food. So like a, a light white fish will go well with this or any kind of salad. So if you have a salad, you want wine, always get like a Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Drives me crazy. I always people get, get red Sorry, wine and salad. It drives me crazy. People get red wines and salads. Same in my mind, red wine should only be for like nighttime and when you're having red meat. Is that correct? Yeah. Or, or even something big, like and something heavy, you know, like, like you can have salmon with Pinot Noir. That works. That's fine. Really? Mm-hmm. Because salmon's huh. salmon's heavy and bold, and there's like there's some nice acidity in Pinot Noir. Have you thought about doing like going to the teams and doing wine coaching seminars for various like you're a consultant for teams? I, I have one next week. My first really? One. Which team? <laughs> I can't say. Oh, so you're going to coach up all the guys on what kind of wines to have. Yep, I have my first one next week. That is so funny. You mentioned that. That's amazing. You're just yeah. educating these guys. I love it. Yeah. So they, so I, um, I think they have a meeting because what happened was I did a, a huge wine tasting with the NFO players association, the, all the uh, player engagement people direct, what are they call now player development. So all 32 and they all were like, Oh, we all can use this. So they all reached out and one of them, I'll, I'll reveal it after I do it. You know, one of them reached out and was like, yeah, can you come next week? I'm like, let's do it. So we scrambled. I found a hospitality company to help me out uh, in terms of like the pairings. And then I had a company that was able to donate wines. So yeah. That's amazing. What's your ultimate like mission with that? What's your goal? The ultimate goal with what? With going to the teams individually. Uh, The biggest thing is just it's just that, you know, I know a lot of guys are in the space where, you know, I remember when I was a rookie and I got invited to all these corporate events and all these dudes were like scrolling the wines in my face and telling me about all the pretty legs and all that, which mm-hmm. by the way, the pretty legs don't mean a damn thing. Okay. They just, all they are, they're, they're legs. It just tells you how much alcohol and, and sugars in there. You know, if you're evaluating, you want to know the body, then the legs help, but the legs don't mean quality. So we can, 
if someone's like, oh, they're pretty lazy, I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, so when you see the person at the party that's like swirling around the red wine glass and they're like, the legs, it, yeah. what you're saying to the podcast listeners and to anybody who might see this social clip are the, describe it, it's the streams coming down the side of the Yeah, glass. just you call them legs, tears, whatever you want, yeah. Okay. And so the faster they are, like, you know, high alcohol, thick tears also is high alcohol. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it doesn't mean quality. That's what okay. people are saying. Like all oh, the pretty legs. They, da, da, da. I'm like, well, syrup has legs too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so it's you, really so just you, the it, alcohol content. Yeah. Alcohol and residual sugar. Cause they'll probably be slower with more sugar. Got it. Okay. Or, so, and you're hoping that educating guys across the league on wine will help them in social settings. Yeah. The yeah. social settings and but i'm also offering more than just the wine like if they want to go to napa you know they call me and i can curate the whole trip for them um i just had a couple of meetings with some um, cool uh, vacation spots to partner with them to offer more services like that so what it's not just for me it's not just about the wine it's just more so of overall experience and i know like if i was in their position and i had a player come to me i would trust probably them more you know mm -hmm. um because they, they they get me they're they're more like me so yeah i think that's cool and i think it's awesome that these teams are calling me to to be a part of this so i think it's fun yeah it's really fun and i was just gonna ask i was gonna say that there you know people are saying there's a lot of health benefits to drinking wine too like one of the offhand i know like resveratrol is in red wine which is something that's in women's skincare products um are you educating athletes on the health benefits of wine obviously like you don't want to drink a whole bottle of wine the night before a game but yeah well does it help Is no. that a secret? <laughs> no. well one I'm not a doctor or a dermatologist so I can't say that but I do have <laughs> I do have a story um that I told before where so we went to play the Minnesota Vikings and when I was in Green Bay mm -hmm. and you know, it was a short flight. So that means we had plenty of time. So Mike McCarthy gave us tons of time to hang out. So we go to that restaurant, uh, seven and we, you know, enjoy food, had a bunch of wine and we still had like maybe another two hours to ourselves. And so we found out that there was like a lounge upstairs. So we went upstairs to the lounge and had like more wine, you know, and we actually saw the guys calling the game. It was Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. So they came and joined us. <laughs> and we were just there all night. And then remember, we finally got back to the hotel and for team meetings. And I remember my mind was just like lost. I had the biggest headache. And I was like, oh, no, like I got drunk the night before a game. Like I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to play like absolute crap. And I was like, see, that's what happens when you start hanging out with the older guys. You know, they take you all these places and you, you can't keep up. So we got the next morning and I just had the nastiest headache and I was so dehydrated. And so I just tried to drink all the Pedialyte and stuff to get ready to go. Uh, and it was, it was four of us. It was me, Tremont Williams, Nick Collins, Charles Woodson. So the, we get to the game, you know, adrenaline kicks in. I already had an IV. So I'm like ready to go finally. And I remember immediately Charles Woodson got an interception and I'm like, okay, well, that's Charles. Like he's, you know, one of the best ever. Of course, he got a pick. And then, then Tremont Williams got an interception. And then Tremont was like an up and coming, like young star. And I'm like, okay, like he's rising. And then late in the third quarter, I think Nick Collins got a pick six for a touchdown. And I'm like, dude, what the hell's going on? You know, but <laughs> no, and Nick is the old, and Nick too was playing at a Pro Bowl level. 
And then I'm thinking like, gosh, all these things happen to like these guys. I'm like, well, surely something might happen for me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And next thing you know, I, I got a punt return for a touchdown. So all four of us who went out the night before, we all scored a touchdown or made a big play. And for some reason, I don't know how we still lost the game, but <laughs> I know that's, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but ever since that day though, I would have, I wouldn't have a whole bottle, but I had like a glass or two the night before. What was in that wine? I need some of that. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. I think I was just fearless. We were all just loose out there, right? A rock. Yeah, a little more slept better. It was what was it? Red or white? Red? It was, oh, it was red. Yeah. Oh. I wasn't I wasn't a really big uh big white wine drinker back in what 08. Uh-huh. So this was like early on in your playing career, and you discovered that wine was the trick to interceptions <laughs> the night before. Just just making plays, yeah. I love, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, speaking of red, we've got a red here now. So what am I looking for in this red wine? So wait on the palette for the white, for the white. Yeah. So not only you get bell pepper, but also grapefruit for Sauvignon Blanc. Ah, yes. That was the note. I couldn't, couldn't find the words. For you didn't it. try to, you didn't even guess. I know. No, like I said, it's one of those days where I'm brain fried. I taste it now. Oh, is there actually, do they really make it? They don't make it with bell pepper. That's a dumb question, right? No. It's not a dumb question. So when you say like, oh, it's I'm not a d- it. no, it's a valid question because you're like, well, how do you get these aromas? Well, th- these are just the aroma molecules that collectively all the people in the world, even the winemakers are like, okay, this is, these are the notes that New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc give. They give, it's bell pepper, it's, you know, gooseberry, it's grapefruit. That's just a consensus. So if, if you, like I said, if next time you go and I don't know, have order a Sauvignon Blanc and a Chardonnay and have someone switch your glasses mm-hmm. and don't even taste it, you can smell it. You're like, okay, I know which one is which. Yeah. I love a buttery Chardonnay or like a super crisp Sauvignon Blanc. Perfect. Yeah. That's how they taste to me in separate, but I didn't so know if that was just my palate, but apparently it's everybody's palate universally. No, that's, that's just, that's, no, that's just, what, that's what you like. For example, like mm-hmm. I like, I like a, um, an unoaked Chardonnay, you know, which I almost had you pick up today because I was going to actually, I should have done that two Chardonnay comparisons because you have one that's in barrel, one that's in stainless steel and the one in stainless steel is completely different, mm-hmm. but it's still a Chardonnay. So, but even like that, like you said, you like a buttery one back then I was like, do they, they put butter in the Chardonnay? Like, why is it buttery like that? Yeah. But I also found out that there was a, there's a process called, it's called malolactic fermentation. It's a type of fermentation that it's, it's a winemaker's choice, but malolactic, lactic meaning dairy, right? So dairy, mm-hmm. you think butter, cream, all that stuff. So that fermentation is what gives the, that note to the wine. Interesting. See that? So we were talking about this a little bit candidly before I was recording about the fact that you actually went to Sonoma State uh, to their wine business program. Yeah. How long is that program? And how did you, like, was this something that you knew you were going to need to do? Or do you need, do you not need to actually do continued education in it? Yeah, no, you, you, um, you don't need to, but I felt like if I was going to start a wine business that I needed to know a lot of backend stuff, trying to get a, a crash course on really understanding all the little details behind the scenes, you know, uh, especially if, like I said, if I'm going to take this pretty serious, Yeah. but yeah, I did that. It took two years and I got my certificate and it was, it was, it was fun. 
Congratulations. I saw I you just posted on LinkedIn your certificate. So that was pretty recent. Yeah, I posted up there and on IG. Way to go. Um, question for you, which, because this is kind of like a, a, a chapter two in your professional career. Like there was the first part of your life as a career that was an NFL player. And now you're in the wine business. Which right. chapter do you prefer? Which chapter? Yeah. <laughs> Football or wine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah are, you, are you out of your mind <laughs> oh my gosh as you football. have nine uh as you have nine footballs behind you on the shelf uh, i mean we're in that but no yeah football are you kidding me gosh there is no this without that yeah okay just had to ask just wondering that's no it's valid but it's not valid actually but if you had never question. played football what would you have been doing i don't even know i really don't know it's when I was that guy getting recruited out of high school, like, oh, yeah, I want to go to the school. And, you know, I want one that's balanced in education and football. And, da, 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 da. and I was like, I just, I just want to play football or bust. That was it. it, it you know, what? It, it became real when I remember this article came out, like, oh, I can potentially get drafted. That's when it really got real for me. So, yeah, I majored, I, I majored in football and minor in English. That was the deal. When you say that's when it got real for you, like, what age was that? Were you already in college or did you enter college thinking, okay, I'm going to try to get drafted? No, I, I didn't know anything. Even I didn't even know how, how the recruiting process worked. And um, I had a pretty uh, like prestigious, you know, career in high school. Mm-hmm. And then going into college, I, I played right away. I was a 17 year old freshman playing. Um, and yeah, I just, I was just having fun. I didn't even think about anything beyond, I didn't even, I don't think I even met an NFL player before until the, unless the guys came back from the pros to college, mm-hmm. but going to my second year after my sophomore year, I, I, you know, I had a pretty good season. And then, you know, a couple of preseason articles for the, my junior year came out talking about that stuff. And that's, that's when it became real. You know, I was pretty good at staying in the moment, you know, and not trying to look too far ahead. What so, were the steps that you took to go from, okay, well now I realize that this can actually become a career. I mean, actually, I had a horrible junior year because I was thinking about it so much. And then, you know, I, I went my senior year, I went and that's you switch from defensive back to wide receiver. And actually, I played a little bit of both. And I just went to go play, you know, and it, it became real, especially when the agents start calling you. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's when it's like really real. If the agents are calling you, then OK. And then you can you can um, get like a uh, insurance policy in case you get hurt. You know, you know, you can see what you're worth and. You know, it kind of was like, okay, that number means like there's a chance I'll probably get drafted. On this podcast, it's called Moment of Cluth because I like to ask the question. Shout out to Believe! <laughs> <laughs> I like to ask the question, was there a moment in your playing career or personal life that you knew you weren't being authentic to yourself and you weren't being true to who you were? And what did you learn from it? Was there, was there a moment of cluth for me? Yes. <laughs> now you're never going to get it out of your head (laughs) no it'll be gone after this glass Um, ouch i'm offended nah don't be i blame it on the glass um was there a moment you know what i think early on i was not taking care of my body how i should Mm -hmm. and that's the number one thing especially in being an athlete not just a pro athlete any athlete is your body is your business you know and I think I didn't do myself uh, 
any service by not properly getting not getting the right sleep, not eating the right foods, not you're not staying after and doing like you know recovery. I didn't do any of that because in in high school and college, I never got hurt. I never missed a game, and I was like, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. But you know, when once you get to the pro level, the workload is ten times what you were doing before because that's now that's all you're doing and. And you're running with guys who are just as fast as you, who are stronger, who are bigger than you are. So I think that me getting all those injuries early on in my career was my moment of cluth. <laughs> um, and, and, and I had to really fix that in order to play another 12 years. Yeah. I mean, do you have any regrets with that process of getting, having so many injuries? And do you look back at younger Will and say like, oh man, you should have hit the ice bath. No, I, I will say I, I wish I did. You know, yeah. a lot of a lot of people say I don't regret anything because I learned from it. Yeah, I learned from it for sure. But I wish I did go back and learn how to take care of myself, uh, because your your best your your best ability is availability. You know, is you mm-hmm. can be the most talented person in the entire league, but if you're not on the field, it don't even matter. You know, yeah. you could be you can be not as talented. But if you're available, if you're, they can count on you to be there every day, you know, then that's more valuable than someone who's not. That's great advice. All right. Moving on to the red wine, because I have a fun game for us to play at the end of this. And I feel like it's going to be more fun after some more wine. <laughs> okay, teach me about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sniffing it. <laughs> All right. So. Also, too, oh, which I did not do with the white wine. That is my fault. So I'm going to take you to exactly what it is. Yes. First, you start with the site. Okay. So is the wine clear? As in, can you see through it? Or is it, you know, first of all, is it clear? Is, is anything floating around foggy? Corks doesn't count. I have a cork in mine. Um, <laughs> Are corks safe to drink? Well, yeah, it'd be all right. <laughs> now, is it pale? medium or deep as in can you see through it i'd say this one is a good medium medium you can see like if you hold it up to you can see through me through the wine nope never mind so it's deep yeah okay now what color are you getting are you getting since it's a red is it ruby is it garnet is it purple so probably look like towards the rim i would say it's ruby Ruby. Mm-hmm. Good. I would say Ruby as well. Okay. Now when you smell it, is it clean or is it fault? Or fault is it meaning, what? Like faulty or unclean, meaning it smells like wet cardboard or. It's um, clean. Okay. I've definitely had some of those wet cardboard wines before. And you didn't even know and just drank it anyway. Yeah. It's been Friday ready for some wine i'll drink the wet cardboard all right all right on the nose what are you getting what do you smell i smell so let's start with any any uh floral stuff yeah that's what i was gonna say it smells um a little flowery (laughs) is that the right word any flowers I don't know all enough flowers to call out flowers. You never had, you never smelled a flower. I've smelled flowers a million times. Roses. That's fine. If you smell okay. roses, all good. 
No, All I right. don't smell roses actually, but I, I feel like I smell like some um, dandelions. <laughs> any red for any red fruits? <laughs> yeah, any red fruits. Um, any red fruits, black fruits. Any? What do you get? A little peppery. Peppery, that's fair because it is Asian oak and oak can give some of that spice note to it. Yeah, so that's, that's fair. A little spicy. Even though that's not a red fruit, but it's all good. <laughs> we need to take me back to elementary school where we can play the colors game and the fruits game and the flowers game. So there you I go. Can... Um, okay, I get some plum in this one. Hmm. Like ripe, like a ripe plum. Yeah, I can see that. Now that you say it, we are drinking the same wine, so. This is true. What about, um, so yeah, we're drinking Louis Martini Cabernet Sauvignon, Napa Valley, Napa's King. This is like in St. Helena. This is like a little north of Napa. Um, all right, you can drink it. We forgot to cheers. You spitting it out? Yeah. <laughs> we'll work out oh i was saying it's six o'clock somewhere <laughs> that's delicious so now do you feel like your teeth stick into your gums no take a bigger sip you gotta like get it around there i know you don't want to mess with those teeth <laughs> you can brush right away Okay, yes, now I do. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like fire marshal bill. Um, so that right there, oh, I see. That's what they say. Don't wear a white shirt when you do tasting. Um, oh, I know. White dress. Right. White room. Um, <laughs> so that's the tannins. So the dry feeling is mm -hmm. the tannins. Because when someone's like, oh, I like a dry red wine, you know, well, what do you mean by that? Dry is when the people say dry, that's the measurement of how sweet the wine is, not the feel. Oh. Yeah. So like, I like a dry wine. Well, that when you tell a sommelier that, they're like, okay, well, you don't like a sweet wine, you like a dry wine. If you don't like a dry wine, then you like a sweet wine. The feeling is tannins. That, that's the dryness. So if I really want to sound like I know what I'm talking about when I go to a restaurant and I'm ordering a steak. Mm-hmm. Do I want a dry wine or what's the alternative? Yeah. So you definitely, you definitely want a dry red wine with, with uh, high tannins. Okay. Cause, because okay. tannins, the reason why they say steak goes well with red wine or a cab with tannins, because it, it, it cuts through the fat and actually the fat of the steak makes the wine soft and more pleasurable. Wow. Now I really want a steak. I think I'm going to have to have that for dinner. Um, see, this is where you spitting your wine out does not serve me well, because the next thing I was going to ask you is at the end of every podcast, I like to play a game called two truths and a lie, where you tell me two truths about yourself and one lie. And I have to guess which the lie is. I feel like I'm going to be a, I'm, I'm a lightweight. So now I've had like five sips of white wine and three sips of red wine. So. Okay. So That's I need to give you two truths and one lie. Yep. Okay. Um, gosh. 
I hate this game already. Yeah, sit right here with my wine and watch you come up with a lie. <laughs> no, I'm trying. I don't. I don't know what's cool. That's true. You know. Um. Okay. I'm a twin. I won hundred meter in high school, state champion. And my favorite food is Chinese food. Okay, the lie has to be the last one because I, you made sure to throw in there that you were state champion. No, I'm not what? a twin. I'm not a twin. Oh. <laughs> Darn I, love, it. I love Chinese food. Are you kidding me? Me too. Absolutely. Me too. Your dog does too. <laughs> this is a great part of my podcast where my dog likes to interrupt everything. I know. I was like, you're done. End yeah. it. Moment of cloth is over. She's barking at the neighbor kids. Um, okay. Okay. Wait. Now tell me, lastly, hold on. Let me wait till she's done with that process. <laughs> hold, hold, please. One moment. You see that what I put on Instagram yesterday when somebody says the P word and she just, this is what she does. P word as in podcast? No, I was doing something, uh, something else yesterday. And on the pod, on the Zoom, somebody was like, and we'll get to the park at this time. And this one, here's the P word from the other room and comes sprinting in and appears out of thin air because she wants to go there. And no, we can't because I've been having wine, so I can't drive you. Okay. Tell me for those listening now, lastly, where can they can, how can you become a member of the wine club? Uh, what does it cost? And do you have any upcoming events? I have some events, but right now, if you want any update, just go to my Instagram, because like I said, I'm going through some massive changes for mm-hmm. some exciting things. So right now don't go anywhere. Just go to my Instagram. Okay. <laughs> At Will Blackman. Okay. Yay. And then what does it cost to join? There's no costing yet. There's We're changing everything. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's what happened. I was wrong when I said it was 80 bucks a month. No, it was 80 bucks. Yeah, oh. it was. You're not wrong about that. Okay. Good to know. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today and for teaching me a little something about wine. Oh, you know what else I wanted to ask you? Um, affordable wine for summer because now things are reopening. People are going to want to be having parties and hosting friends. So what's your, your take on the best affordable white wine and best affordable red wine? You know what? I'm drinking, I'm just drinking champagne all day and 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 rosé, rosé and champagne. What are your favorites? Well, you know what? So you know who makes a really good one is Dwayne Wade. Really? Yeah, his rosé is good. His rosé is very, very, very good. What's it called? Um, D. Wade Cellars. Okay, I'm going to check that out yeah, this weekend. This is really good. And then, and then John Legend makes a really good sparkling rosé. Ooh. Yeah, so LVE is his company. It's like 14 bucks, but it's good. 14 bucks? Yeah. That's very reasonable. Great. Thanks for the tips. I'm going to be bringing that to the beach party this weekend. <laughs> Well, thank you. And I hope you uh, have a good workout. And thank you so much for bearing with me through all the technical difficulties on this podcast and for teaching me a little something today. Thank you for listening to the Moment of Cluth podcast, now available anywhere you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Meng Cluth. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please download it and share with others. Subscribe to be notified when new episodes air, visit megankluth.com to get in touch, head over to my YouTube page to watch my latest interviews, and stay tuned for more great conversations. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.